When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to the Wolverine.com podcast, video edition, and uh, we have got quite a weekend that uh, we're coming off of for Michigan Athletics. We will talk about all of that with our man in East Lansing, Tom Crawford. Tommy, welcome back to the podcast, and uh, quite a time for you. I know you were down in Indianapolis, and uh, quite a time for everyone that closely follows Michigan Athletics. Yeah, it was a, it was a grand time, you know, starting on Thursday afternoon uh, when it was uh, 28-13 Colorado State and uh, Michigan was on the threshold of a nine turnover first half. Uh, things did not look good, but uh, Frankie Collins, he had those five points, hit that three and had that uh, turnover for touchdown. And all of a sudden that game flipped and we know what happened uh, Saturday night, and uh, I know we're going to talk about it, but uh, this was a great weekend for the Michigan Wolverines and the entire athletic department, which I'm sure we're going to talk about as well. Absolutely. Uh, They thought it was such a good idea having those nine first-half turnovers that they did it again in the next game. Yeah. And it was, it's like, wait a minute, this this does not work. But if if somebody would have told you uh, before all this started that you would not have your starting point guard for the entire first game and almost all of uh, of that next game against Tennessee, nobody would have believed that you were going to win that game. Almost nobody believed it, even with a full roster, because uh, I think most people had it, okay, Michigan's going to win or has a chance to win that first game, uh, but they're not getting past Tennessee. Yeah, Tennessee was one of those sheep picks. It's an athletic team. Uh, I saw them coming out of the tunnel on Thursday night, or uh, you know, for their game with Longwood. And I thought that is just the most glaring physical athletic team. They they look scary good, just running out of the tunnel to Rocky Top and with the uh, candy striped pants, the orange and the white. Um, but you know, Michigan. Um, I, I thought they carried themselves very well and not getting rattled in that game, and and, and great senior leadership. With Eli Brooks, he shows you how much that counts, and and you know, but what what you know, you talk about metrics. If you had if you had known that, blah blah, fill in the blank. Uh, you know, I saw Tennessee uh, hit 14 threes against Longwood. Granted, Longwood, but if you had told me that they were going to go two of 18 against Michigan from beyond the arc, I'd like those chances going into that game, and that's exactly what happened on Saturday evening. Excellent point. That's one of the things that I was going to bring up, and uh, you're right on because some of those Michigan got out and contested. Some of those they had open shots and they just didn't knock them down. You know, you're talking about uh, Rick Barnes saying, as far as on the other side, you know, he he'll let uh, Hunter Dickinson shoot out from the the three point line all day, but uh, sometimes. He's on, and he was on. Knocks down three three pointers, and uh, just had a had a great performance. Both he and Eli Brooks, two of the guys that you really need to come through in order to win a game like that. Let's not forget about Terrence Williams the second, 
because uh, he came in with some really tough playing, a couple of uh, excellent putbacks. Another, I mean, Frankie Collins wasn't uh, scoring like he did the other day, but he certainly had to step forward and be a guy handling the ball in that game. Uh, a lot of good things that, that had to go right for Michigan and did. Yeah, and I thought Frankie, you know, I, I realize he only he only scored a bucket, but I mean, I, I thought he did a lot of great things. I mean, that, that that pressure defense that Tennessee throws at you, and they had the turnovers for touchdowns, and they had nine points off turnovers in the first half. Um, that I mean, that was stressful. I mean, even I'm trying to preserve that game. I mean, Eli got caught in a corner down there, had a turnover. There were some dicey moments late, but they made free throws, and then that rolling uh, Xavier Simpson type rolling hook that uh, Eli did without the backboard was, was amazing. But I, I, you know, let's go over to Terrence Williams as he threw out. I mean, there's next year's starting power forward. I would believe that kid's got a lot of moxie to him. He's had some, he's had some, you know, moments of, of, uh, you know, discouraged, discouraging moments. That's missed free throw with Seton Hall. I mean, these kids are so resilient. They're such high level athletes. I can't go on enough about this Tennessee win. I thought it was one of the best wins that Michigan has had in tournament play. And there's been a lot of great ones recently. You think about the, you know, the five sweet 16s and the second most NC2A wins in the last 10 years, Michigan behind Gonzaga. Um, I, I just thought it was a complete team effort against Tennessee. And it didn't, it didn't hurt that, you know, our contingent, and I was sitting three rows behind uh, Juwan Howard's wife and C. Webb and, and Ray Jackson, Mark Hughes. Having that Michigan family and bringing the Fab Five, that was huge because Hunter was glaring over there, looking over there at C. Webb, who was connecting with him a lot, coming out of those timeouts. They, they started to get some visual communication going on there, and it all was a team effort, including guys from 30 years ago. Yeah, it's interesting. There's been a lot of debate. You know, uh, some folks uh, uh, embrace Weber coming back. Some still have hanging on to issues. Uh, but at tournament time, look, you know, you're all together and, uh, and it's, it's all good. You pull together in that time. And it's interesting to hear you say that there was that connection, even during the game, uh, with, with Hunter Dickinson looking over. I I think that, uh, as far as Michigan's concerned in this game, you, you look at it from a standpoint that, uh, you know, sometimes in these first two rounds, you just get a good draw where some team is not really a good matchup and or some team has an injury or whatever, and, and you kind of breeze through to that uh, Sweet 16. This was anything but that. I mean, these were a couple of wins uh, against significantly higher-seeded teams and uh, you know, no, no apologies there, Michigan people saying that this team didn't belong in the Sweet Sixteen or in the NCAA tournament period. Nobody's saying that today. Well, but uh, it's not going to stop the haters. I mean, haters are haters. I mean, uh, I know there was a lot of resentment in the Big Ten, uh, probably all eleven or all thirteen fan bases beyond the University of Michigan that were absolutely livid that Michigan was in a tournament because they hate Michigan. That's why I say to hell with the rest of Big Ten. I don't care about the Big Ten other than Michigan. It, it ends there. But, well, you know, yeah. when, when 
Yeah, but, but my point is, is that they said, oh, you got you got to go to ND. Oh, my God, you got a, you got a Mountain West team. Uh, even though that David Roddy's one of the better players in the, in the country, and they've had some nice wins. You know, there were cynics that will say that, that that was an easy draw. And then, hey, Rick Barnes coaches at Tennessee. You know, the guy can't get out of the first weekend. He's like Fran McCaffrey. I mean, you got you, you're you're always going to have those people, but the people that know basketball and can think with a clear mind know that this was a heck of, of an accomplishment for Michigan to get out of the first weekend uh, in this, in, you know, in this win win a game, lose a game, win a game, lose a game backdrop down the stretch, and uh, it's the program is looking spectacular at this moment relative to a couple of weeks ago. And the interesting thing about all those haters that you were talking about, they have all the time in the world on their hands right now to uh, to ruminate oh, yeah. and come up with more uh, reasons that uh, Michigan is still standing and their team is out of this thing. Hey, quick uh, thought on that scene afterwards. You know, everybody dwelled on the scene at Wisconsin in the handshake line, but uh, I, I think uh, – Juwan Howard won more than a few hearts afterwards it, with his very sincere, very heartfelt constellation of uh, of the Tennessee guard whom he had recruited and uh, wrapping his arms around that young man and trying to uh, control the almost inconsolable. Yeah, I mean, Juwan mentioned that with Kennedy Chandler about that embrace uh, in his in the in the first you know Michigan goes first as the winner in the in the post game presser and then Kennedy Chandler talked about Jawan uh, as a father figure, very emotional, play with Jet, Juwan's son way back at AU, back when nine years old on. I mean, a very unique situation. I mean, and he almost, you know, I mean, Jet almost went to Tennessee. I mean, it's crazy. Uh, Juwan almost lost out. It's got a unique relationship between between uh, Juwan and Tennessee and that basketball program and, and Kennedy. But uh, I, I thought that was a great moment. Um, <laughs> Uh, you know, from a PR standpoint, if that's important, I think it won a lot of people back. I tell you what, though, there are haters. Uh, I was talking to uh, Anthony before a podcast that, you know, they announced the starting lineups down there at Gamebridge and uh, Tennessee had, I, in my estimation, it was about three to one Tennessee to Michigan, uh, even though we were strong in, in, in our group. Um, I, you know, when they announced the starting lineup and they announced Juwan Howard, I thought I was in Columbus, Ohio, the booze. So Tennessee does not have really a relationship with Michigan and Juwan Howard, but from afar, they hate him for whatever reason. Uh, maybe it's Fab Five based. Maybe it's the incident in, in Madison. I don't know. But uh, he had the last laugh on that, and Juwan's, uh, Juwan's in a pretty good situation right now, I think, PR, and, and just learn from what that mishap which happened in Madison and, and move forward. Tennessee is probably among those haters between uh, from from Charles Woodson over Peyton Manning in uh, yeah. '97 to uh, uh, Michigan beating Tennessee the last three times in the NCAA tournament. So where what happens now? Everybody uh, nationally will probably say, okay, it has been uh, a great run for Michigan to get to the Sweet 16, but this is the end of the road. Uh, you know, Villanova will be too much. Your thoughts on uh, on the next one? Well, it's a great opportunity. I mean, Villanova uh, is, you know, it's not the Villanova team of 2018. I'll say that right now. But it's a very good team, very strong. Uh, Gillespie's a great leader. I mean, they, they have 
fundamentally uh, a level that is right out of a textbook. When I, and I watched their game against Ohio State. And uh, quite honestly, I wanted to play. Uh, I wanted Michigan to play Ohio State because <laughs> I thought that the better, you know, I'm always looking at things from a perspective of who's got the best shot or Michigan's best shot against, including staying up till one in the morning, uh, cheering for TCU against Arizona in case Michigan gets to Saturday. Rather play TCU, even though it's in the state of Texas, than, than Arizona, um, who Michigan had a difficult time with, obviously, uh, out in Vegas. So I, um, I, I like Michigan's chances. I mean, why not? They, they have no pressure on them. I think Devontae will play. I don't think he'll play. I mean, if they could get 12, 15 minutes out of him, that would be great. I think Michigan's in a good situation right now if they can take care of the basketball. They're not going to get more of an antagonistic defense than Tennessee threw at them, where we did have turnovers for touchdowns that looked like church basketball games at times. It looked really bad there. Um, but I, I, I like Michigan's chances. Uh, is it 50-50? Maybe. I think it's in the 50-50 category. Maybe that's being, uh, you know, too, uh, you, know, you know, thinking with my heart. I think Michigan has got a good chance of winning as losing in this game on Thursday night. All right. Well, it's uh, it has certainly been a uh, as it always is an engrossing NCAA tournament thus far. So long Kentucky and so long Baylor and you know you got the the big seeds out and a couple of them anyway and then uh, and then St. Peter's that uh, just uh, has played its way into the Sweet Sixteen. Always compelling. We will turn our eyes uh, to San Antonio next and see what Michigan has. But uh, you referred to a uh, a massive weekend for Michigan athletics in general, and uh, you know we would be very remiss not to take a look at that because you're talking about the uh, the men wrestlers uh, uh, coming very close to a national championship. The women's gymnasts. Uh, winning the Big Ten, uh, Mel Pearson's hockey team uh, holding off Minnesota at Minnesota for a Big Ten championship. Uh, the women's basketball team winning in uh, in, in their uh, NCAA opener and uh, just just uh, an amazing por- performance all around by uh, by the Maize and Blue. Yeah, I ran into Ward Manuel a couple times in the tunnel. Yeah, you know, asked him, can you get that fi- smile off your face? He goes, no. You know, and this is before the hockey game got even decided up there in Minnesota, Michigan winning that game. We were listening to that game on the way back on on, uh, on the phone, uh, four to three. It is amazing. The gymnastics team, I mean, women's basketball team, I mean, go on and on and on. And the wrestling, the problem with wrestling is you got, the, <laughs> it's a one league sport the big 10 and you got penn state it's just an absolute juggernaut michigan finishes second um uh, wow uh michigan athletics as a whole you follow up you know what uh, the football program which has been somewhat of the weak link of getting to the you know going deep and uh, you know championship runs uh, finally gets to the big 10 title and goes to you know miami for the orange bowl and cfp um Wow, it's this is the goal. I mean, we always talk about, hey, is this the golden era? Uh, the Mays era of Michigan athletics is uh, it's at a pretty good status right now, JV. Oh, yeah, I mean, and uh, I started doing this in the in the 90s when you had the Fab Five and you had oh, yeah. 
certainly Michigan in the midst of uh, five straight Big Ten championships and a, and a national championship later in that decade. You had hockey winning national championships. And, uh, you know, this this gives you a little bit throwback feeling to that if, uh, if a couple of these teams get over the top eventually. But uh, turning it back to basketball for a minute, when uh, when you saw uh, Chris Weber, Ray Jackson uh, hugging uh, Jawan Howard, we know Jalen has also been there. Just the, the thoughts on how supportive these guys are and, and how much uh, – how much they care and the pride that they take in seeing one of their own coaching this team. It was amazing to witness it, you know, and that started on um, Thursday with, with Jalen there. Um, you know, it's like, okay, oh, we're, we're just missing, you know, you know, where's Jimmy King um, <laughs> need him to show up. And uh, we got the thing covered. Um, uh, I, I, you know, it, it was when, when Jalen was there, let me start with him. He was so engaged in his team. I mean, he, I mean, these guys were like the most diehard fans you'd ever see. They were locked in and, um, and, and Ray and, and, uh, Chris were sitting right next to, uh, you know, in that, you know, that box that they have for the families, right. You know, right across from the bench. And it was, uh, and, and Juwan's kids and, um, something told me as ever, and all the family, that Michigan was not going to lose this game. Because those guys were there. I don't know why. Don't ask me. But they were so they were trying to develop eye contact and and shouting supportive things to those players coming out of those timeouts because the Michigan bench is directly across. Uh, it made me feel good about the Fab Five. I, you know, the Fab Five is an era that uh, has a is some bitter sweetness and um, sadness and just a lot of everything. Um, but, uh, I felt when I, I was in the tunnel on the opposite, on the Michigan bench side, when Juwan came out, tears going down his cheeks, he's got that. And I took a photo of, the, of Ray and, and, and C Webb and, and Juwan. And, uh, that was, that was a photo for the ages in, in Michigan basketball lore. And it's almost like, okay. And then they, and Ray and, and, and C Webb went into the locker room and talked to the team. I, I just think that, uh, I think that that whole era We'll have, we'll finally, with Chris coming back, we'll, we'll have its proper place in history. Somehow it's going to fit in and it's going to fit in nicely. And uh, it was, it was made for, it all made for a great weekend. No doubt. And, uh, you know, you talk about uh, that era. This has been a pretty darn good era over the last 10 years or so itself. I know that you noted that uh, Michigan with the second most wins just behind Gonzaga uh, for most wins in the NCAA tournament over the last 10 years. And as far as you make the Sweet 16, it's a successful season. A lot of the other stuff is going to be forgotten. Michigan struggles in the, uh, in the non-conference seasons. Michigan struggles in the, in the Big Ten and not really contesting to, uh, for, for another Big Ten championship. But you make the Sweet 16, so much of that is forgotten. And it wasn't that long ago when uh, Juwan had gotten suspended. And then they and then they uh, lose at home. Uh, and it, it looks like they have to win at Columbus to, uh, to make the tournament. Uh, and it, going into the NCAAs, 
I saw and heard a lot of talk about, well, this is this is pretty dicey going forward. Where 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 is this thing going? I think you know you win a couple games in the NCAA tournament, that changes it all back around. I think you had a lot of people anyway, uh, and I think you and I would be in that group that looks at Jawan Howard and says this guy is going to be a success over the long haul. He's only in his uh, third year as as head coach here. Uh, but I, I think that it was good to calm down the talk and just to uh, to put a stamp on this season that they've won these two games and and certified it with you know what it was a young team a learning team and uh, it uh, it started to come together at the right time. John, I've mentioned on this podcast a number of times uh, during our basketball part of our podcast. Um, uh, uh, following this program, basketball program in person since '64, and and, and it, it was a frustrating year. It was a year that was, you know, I was doing a, a, a tango with this team mentally. I mean, and I, I remember walking down from the media level with 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 Ballas, and we're thinking, God, you know, this team's driving me crazy. I mean, it's just it's just driving. You know, it was that that a home game with Ohio State, Michigan got beat by double digits, and there there were some moments like. Where is this thing going? Then the Wisconsin situation, I thought, was really going to set the program back because of the negative PR. Uh, and and then in coming out of that, I thought the suspension, though, ended up perfect. I think Phil Martelli being there was just like, God, how great was this situation to have him on staff? He did a masterful job. Uh, obviously, and, and, you know, Howard Isley and, you know, and, and Saudi Washington being there. Everything came into place. I mean, you can you can look at all these moving parts that happened from Madison uh, to now. It's uh, a lot of people stepped up, including a lot of players, uh, including Frankie Collins and and then Eli with the leadership and Hunter. Uh, it goes on and on and on. And you're right; it's a successful season because when you get to the Sweet Sixteen, I mean that you get you get three solid days of being talked about at a high level. Uh, that's a huge accomplishment. I, I equate it's like making the final four 40 years ago. I mean, as far as the sheer exposure and positivity. So, uh, and, and with the seventh best recruiting class coming in next year, all of a sudden it's all good, JB. <laughs> all of a sudden it's all good. This is the time of year to make that happen. And uh, a lot of broken hearts, but a lot of folks still very pumped up about their basketball team. And that includes Michigan folks at this point. Tom Crawford, always great to have you with us. Uh, we will talk again soon, my friend, and see where all this goes headed forward. Uh, looking forward to it. It's going to be a great opportunity for Michigan. I uh, look forward to talking to you next time. An honor to be on the Wolverine Podcast with John Borton.